Uh, welcome back to a little show we like to call the filter of the shit from the bull. Exactly. Wow. I actually like mm. that title. That's yeah. good. Yeah. 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 Um, this is uh, for those who haven't listened to this show before. My name's Ray mm. Harris. Uh, with me is Cameron Riley. Hi. Um, this is a show that we do once a month. Uh, where yeah. we take a few news stories that have piqued our interest and that we suspect may contain elements of bullshit, um, right. either in the reporting of or just uh, the, the the doing of, and we uh, we talk about them. It's basically my excuse to actually pay attention to the news once a month. Um, stories that I see, right. I go, that's interesting, but I don't have time to really read it and drill down on it right now because I'm actually trying to make a buck. Um, yes. I have things more important things to do, but uh, once a month I'll take a day and yeah. I will drill down into stories that have piqued my uh, interest, giving me a pet yeah. tent, and I will um, I will uh, try and figure out what the hell's going on, just for my own benefit. Yeah, right, not not for because- anybody else. Not right. to do a show. I don't really care about yeah. any, anyone else what they think. I'm just doing it for my own benefit because I like to know what's going on. Basically. Talk exactly. to you about it, you know. Absolutely. I, I apologize for interrupting. Basically, we're um, pulling back the curtain on the news. Join us. Don't join us. Whatever. We don't Send give us a fuck. $100. No. Fuck yeah. off. You know, whatever. whatever. We don't care. Um, we don't care. We do but, it for us. But, <laughs> but if you want some truth. It's, ma- it's masturbation, what this is. It's news masturbation, it's, basically. It's, it's mutual. Mm. Hey, I don't speaking of which, Go ahead. Uh, yes. did you hear that Jerry Lee Lewis died last weekend? Yes. I just heard that today. I was camping yes. last weekend and out of radio range, off right. the grid for a few days, yeah. and uh, Jerry Lee Lewis uh, yeah. died, I heard. He was he was the original wild man of rock and roll. He yes. was in Sun Studios with Elvis, Johnny Cash, Chet Atkins, and Roy Orbison. Outlived them wow. all. Crazy all fucking stars. life. He, he was crazier than all of them put together. And right. uh, married like seven times, including to his 13-year-old cousin at one point in the late 50s. Um, according to his biographer, who, who a biographer of him, who interviewed him in 2014, mm-hmm. uh, Jerry Lee showed him the, the pistol that he slept, that kept under his pillow when he slept, in a room riddled with bullet holes in the walls. Sure. And a Bowie knife stuck in the back of the door. It sounds right. Um, he was uh, he was genuinely crazy man. Well, you know, some people wake up and they fumble for their phone. Well, he wakes up, grabs a pistol, and he shoots into the wall somewhere. But again, he's only half awake, so it's technically not his fault. Yeah, but he would just wake up that, in the middle of the night and fire just, it ah, randomly into the wall. Drink. Yeah, yeah, I Think would feel so. better. I would was feel a, better. He was arrested once at the gates of Graceland with a loaded pistol demanding to see you Elvis. Can, you can't do that. You can't, you can't do that. Yeah. No. Anyway, uh, like seriously, one of the guys we have to thank for rock and roll, Jerry Lee. Yeah, he's a um, yeah. What a legend. 87 he was. Wow. Um, anywho, let's talk about uh, something not quite as crazy as Jerry Lee Lewis. Um the is the yeah, terrorist crazy. attacks on the Nord pipelines, right? 
Um, now this is this story's not new. Uh, this this happened uh, over a month ago. I just haven't had a chance yeah. to talk about it yet. But um, on September 26th, someone attacked the Nord pipelines. Uh, for people mm. who don't know what the Nord pipelines are, Nord being the Italian word for north, probably also the oh, word for north in other languages, I guess. Right. Uh, the Nordy pipelines, yeah. <laughs> There are four Russian underwater pipelines carrying natural gas to Europe. Um, Nord 1, there's two Nord 1 pipelines, two Nord 2 pipelines. Mm -hmm. Seismologists uh, in Denmark and Sweden said that there were explosions that happened. They recorded sizable explosions equivalent to about 100 kilograms of TNT in both incidents. God, right? Uh, and then there were leaks, so gas leaking out of these pipelines. And always good for uh, the They had, but it's a fascinating story because no one at this stage seems to know who did it. There are yeah. accusations. It's been six weeks. Accusations flying around all over the place, blaming uh, this, that, and the other. Everybody. Um, the West is blaming Russia, kind of. Um, the Russia's mm -hmm. blaming the West. Um, and it's it's fascinating that um, trying to drill into who might have done this and why they might have done it. But the, the interesting thing about it, I think, is just the amount of hyperbole that's going on um, around this story. Right. Uh, but the, these pipelines were turned off already at the point at the at, uh, at the at the time ah, this happened, right. Um, or well, one was turned off. Nord one was turned off. Nord two had never actually been fully operational uh, because Russia was sort of still completing the build of it when mm -hmm. they invaded Ukraine, and uh, Germany, who was a minor partner in it, um, sort of pulled out of the deal uh, the day right. before the invasion, and the whole thing got shut down. Uh, but these are these are underground or under under sea, I guess, oil pipelines. Mm -hmm. They're, they're on the floor of the ocean, and these things don't normally leak. They're massively coated in concrete. Right. Uh, they weigh about 24 tonnes. So somebody had to seriously, if you, you want to stop these things, it's a, it's a serious effort. They needed yeah. to seriously blow them up. I can't just go into my bathroom and take fertilizer and a couple of ingredients and make something. It, that wouldn't work. This has to be a military grade explosive. Yeah. Uh, and somebody's, you know, it's a, the, these are deep at the bottom of the ocean. So this is right. not a, this is a serious exercise to get all this explosive down to the bottom of the ocean, strap into these things and detonate right. it. You don't think anybody attached explosives to flipper. And sent him down to you because that would be horrible, <laughs> horrible animal cruelty. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but I just can't help but think about Flipper. Has anybody seen him, Flipper? <laughs> Cheryl, <laughs> Poland, <laughs> Poland, and Ukraine uh, openly blamed Russia. Yes, and I've had a number of emails from bullshit filter listeners uh, over the last month saying, "What do you think mm. about this story? Like, do you think?" why would Russia blow up their own pipelines? And my response has been, look, I, I haven't really been paying that much attention to this, but um, right. on the surface of it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Why would Russia blow up their own pipelines? But we're going to because, talk about the theories yeah. Yeah, yeah. either way. Um, yeah. 
for sure. The, the US uh, hasn't openly blamed Russia yet. They're being a little bit circumspect about it. The sort of hints in the Western media that, well, maybe Russia did it. Right. But the US government has, hasn't gone so far as to openly blame Russia for it yet. They're still saying there's not enough evidence, which in and of itself is interesting because normally anything happens, they go straight oh. away, they blame Russia. Right. Go to, yeah, uh, and certainly there's been a lot of lot of insinuations in the Western media that Russia did it, but the U.S. Right. government has held back, and uh, some U.S. officials and other experts have suggested that maybe Ukraine did it, or one of the other Baltic states might have done it in order to yeah. punish Russia or or uh, to to or to create some sort of um, I don't know uh, uh, to blame Russia for it as a false flag right. uh, yeah. to just create more public um, disapproval of mm-hmm. Russia. Uh, a woman called Marie Agnes Strack Zimmerman, who's the head of the Defense Committee in Germany. Right. Said this is classic hybrid warfare. Said there was no evidence. She had no evidence that Russia was behind the attack, but believed Russia was the most plausible culprit. Yeah. Yeah. That just flies in the face of common It's possible. Of course it's possible. Maybe Russia is playing a deep game, but I shoot myself in the foot and it's a part of my cunning plan to make you look bad. Or something. But the point yeah. is my foot has a hole in it. There's no pipe. Well, I've read, you know, um, sort of 20, 30 uh, websites, newspapers, whatever, and their analysis of this in the last right. couple of days, uh, trying yeah. to figure out what the theories are for why uh, Russia would do it. And we'll get into it shortly, but okay. this, this is very, very fucking vague and like there's no good theories of for right. why Russia would do it. It's it's very, very spurious. Yeah, too soon. Um she said that Putin is going to use every hybrid measure at his disposal to fluster Europeans from food to refugees to energy. So he blew mm. up his own pipelines to fluster Europeans. I'm not buying Could, it. I don't see the line connecting the two dots. I'm sorry. I just don't see it yet. No. I mean, I think the theory is that I mean, and and, and, and uh, uh, there are people actually saying this, but the theory is that Russia did it to prove they can blow up stuff underwater. Uh-huh. Like, really? Well, if you wanted yeah. to prove that, there's lots of other things you could blow up. Why blow up your own pipelines? <laughs> like, there's a lot of shit on the bottom of the ocean, data cables, this, that, yeah. the other. Why blow up your own fucking pipelines to prove that you can blow up stuff underwater? Yeah. Anyway. We'll talk more about the theories later on. Um, I just I just have to throw hmm. this in real quick. Let's say you and I have beef, and instead of I can't beat you up because you're bigger than I am and you got the kung fu thing going on, so I'm going to hmm. beat up your mom. But got I got the Terry Silver you a- hair. You got to be scared yeah. of me, I got Terry Silver yeah. hair. Yeah. <laughs> and I should actually more oh. more afraid of your mom than you. But anyway, so yeah. to so to send you a message. I go beat up my mom, and I go see yeah. see yeah. what I'm capable of. I can you beat and up her better mothers. Watch. Yeah. Don't make me. Mm. Don't make me. Anyway, oh, it's please. like, yeah, as you yeah. said before, it's like breaking your own leg to prove yeah. that you can break a leg. Well, well, break there's the plenty of leg, legs you it. can oh, break. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah, you can break someone else's leg. Why break your own take leg? Take me to the hospital. Yeah. yeah. The New York Times, obviously, um, basically propaganda mouthpiece for the US 
government, military, right. um, industrial, congressional, Is that corporate their complex. Official title? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah it's in the masthead now. It's in fine, it's fine print. Uh, you have to go looking for it. Even they haven't. Um, Accused right. uh, Russia openly of doing it, which is fascinating because right. normally that's the did. first place they would go to. Hmm. Fox News. Fox News said Putin did it. Really? So I'm See, all over, a, Yeah. I thought Fox I'm, were like, you know, pro Putin. Yeah. Yeah. That's why. I, or maybe it was well, just one of the Tucker analysts. Carlson, Tucker Carlson blamed the US, blamed Biden right. for it. Jesus I don't know who, who in Fox News, but I guess. Yeah, I'd go Fox find News the is a broad church, man. It's a broad church. Lots, That's lots true. of diverse opinions yeah. on Fox News. A lot of news. white people in it. Right. Yeah, a lot right. of <laughs> white, all different There's kinds of Extreme right and right. near extreme right. It's extreme, <laughs> extreme right adjacent. Uh, oh. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm sorry. So, so yeah. New York so Times, the New York Times is not saying. One gotcha. of the articles in the New York Times says, at first glance, it seems counterintuitive that the Kremlin would damage its own multi-billion dollar assets. While some oh. European officials were quick to speculate about Russian involvement, American officials were more, more cautious, yeah. noting the lack of available evidence and mentioned that Washington and most of its European allies stopped short of naming any suspects. So it's like they're hedging their bet. They're not hedging their bets. They're they're being very cautious here, right? Which suggests to me yeah. that they are worried <laughs> that evidence will emerge that it wasn't Russia, and oh. they don't want to you know get caught right. yet again of spreading misinformation um, yeah. as they have so many times in the past. Former Polish Foreign Minister Radek Sikorski, mm-hmm. who's a member of a variety of NATO think tanks and is married, married to US foreign policy commentator Anne Applebaum, Good name. openly suggested that Washington was behind <laughs> the bombing. He yeah. tweeted a picture of gas leaking out of these things with the label, thank you, USA, and added, now $20 billion of scrap metal lies at the bottom of the sea, another cost to Russia of its criminal mm. decision to invade Ukraine. I, can I, I, I don't know anything about this stuff, but let me just ask you, so eventually Russia could have turned the pipe back on and gotten natural gas to Europe, who's obviously going to need it because winter is coming up. And mm. so now that's not even mm. a possibility. Winter is coming, yeah. Winter is coming. Ooh. Mm. Uh, so that's not even a possibility now. So mm. Americans would endanger the lives of Europeans by blowing up one of their heat sources to make Putin look bad. Again, possible. But a bit of a stretch, it seems to me, unless I'm missing something. Mm. The point well, is, we don't know. There's, what there's did no our friend? Yet. What did our yeah. old friend Cicero say, Ray? Ah, uh, qui bono? Qui bono? Who benefits? That's <sighs> where we'll be looking uh, at the end of this story. Anyway, gotcha. now Gazprom, Russia's sort of gas uh, conglomerate, owned half of the pipeline uh, right. with some German, French, and Dutch shareholders. Mm-hmm. And this, and it was sort of the cornerstone of Moscow's economic ties with Europe. And yeah, you know, it, it, uh, you know, Russia seems to have been trying to use its supply of oil and gas to Europe to mm-hmm. uh, a make money during the war, uh, right. and b to use it as an incentive to Europe to 
pull back on economic right. sanctions, et cetera, et cetera, supporting uh, the West's support of Ukraine yeah. um, in order that they don't all freeze to death uh, in winter and, and Russia can com- keep supplying them with gas. So yeah. uh, uh, with no pipelines. Now, the pipelines, yes, they weren't active right now, but Russia was using it as a carrot to say, well, listen, you know, right. stop supporting Ukraine in this thing and then we'll give you gas and True. you won't freeze to death. On. But exactly. now that's not going to happen. Right. There were some other issues as well uh, preventing them as well, which may or may not have been um, uh, genuine. We'll we'll explore that as we go. Um, mm-hmm. So Russia, as I said before, are placing the blame on the West. They actually convened a UN Security Council session to discuss and try and right. create an investigation around the matter. Mm. So that on the surface of it, looks like they they genuinely believe that uh, someone other than themselves was involved. Right. They're like, hey, let's get the UN Security Council involved. Mm-hmm. When, Russia, when Russia calls for that rather than yeah. the US calling for that, I mean, it, it might be 5D chess, but it, it, it yeah. certainly, on the surface of it at least, seems like Russia's genuinely pissed right. and it's unusual. Uh, wants yeah. an explanation. Yeah. Now, um, Apart from people freezing to death in Europe, uh, the other major consequence of this, though, is the levels of methane that are being released from the damaged mm-hmm. pipelines right. and the impact that's going to have on climate change. According oh. to some climate experts, a total of 500 million cubic metres of gas was lost from the pipelines because although the pipelines were turned off, well, one hadn't been activated, the other was turned off, right. uh, there was a shit ton of gas sitting yeah. these things backed up, a bit like yeah. your genitals, like backed up, um, uh, ready to shoot <laughs> their load into Europe Still am. at right, any no. time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, every Thank time you, you that, and babe. I have been to Europe together, I know <laughs> you've been desperate to shoot your load in Europe and just couldn't find a willing customer. Um, Thank you. Thank you for using my life as an example for the story. It helps. In front of I everybody. find that when you're Thank explaining you. complicated matters, it helps to, to use to, race, to, sex life to, for lack yes, thereof. Okay. Exactly. Uh, 500 million cubic meters of gas, equivalent of 8 million tons of carbon dioxide, or one five thousandth of the annual global CO2 emissions, which is doesn't sound like a lot when you put it like that, right. but it's 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 a big deal. Yeah, especially in that area. Yeah. Now, under normal conditions, normal political and business conditions, uh, leaving aside sanctions and wars and all that kind of stuff, the damaged sections of these pipelines, and there's three of them, Mm. could be repaired in about a year by a single repair fleet. So even in the best conditions, it would take a year to get this thing repaired. As it currently is, it's just- Not this winter. Yeah, right. it's not going to happen for a very long time, if at right. all. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, the tricky part of it is it's not just you have to go down to the bottom of the ocean for great lengths of time to fix these things. Mm-hmm. A lot harder to fix this underwater, I imagine, than it is to drop it. You, you, right. you, you, know, you, you know, you just drop these things off of boats. In the first place, you have to go down yeah. and join up the join up the bits, the sections. But to fix yeah. things like this, paint up the mess, fix it. Oh, it's a, yeah, yeah, massive exercise. But of course, yeah. these pipes are now filled with seawater as well. So first, you need right. to figure out how to pump all the seawater out of these things, keep it out while yeah. you're fixing it. Yeah, like engineering uh, nightmare, I imagine, yeah. to fix something like this underwater. 
I would imagine they would need someone like uh, James Cameron, who who's the director of The Abyss. A lot of experience in uh, – mm. oh, that was fiction. But the point is, mm. uh, yeah, no, the, the equipment involved, the safety, the – yeah, the whole process, it's going to take a while and it's going to cost a shit ton of money. Who pays for that? Well, it depends if we can ever find out who blew it up in the first place. Yeah. Right. Good luck with getting yeah, them to exactly. pay whoever it was. Good yeah, point. There's going to be debris in these things. 1,200 kilometers yep. of pipeline filled with water and debris that need to be cleaned out and, and doing that under that immense pressure. Wow. Well, you would know bring all it up about to the yeah. portion. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. And they've got polymer coatings to resist, you know, uh, uh, prolonged contact with seawater. All that needs to be cleaned and repaired. Oh, and the the estimates are that the repair bill could run into the billions of dollars. Now, Gazprom can probably afford that. It's a small fraction of their annual budget, but still. Yeah. Yes. Now, Europe is not getting – I don't know the percentage of this. I think it's – a decent percentage, but I but this is a percentage of the natural gas that Europe is not going to get this winter to heat themselves, and possibly somebody could die. Old people, you know, not being checked on, whatever. This could get ugly, and again, that's only going to drive people more to accuse each other and also investigate who really did this. Yeah. Now, there was no immediate impact on energy supply to Europe because, as I said before, these things had already been switched off. Right. Well, the one that was operating had been switched off. The second one hadn't started to operate. And mm-hmm. the one that had been switched off, um, Russia switched it off and said there was a problem with a turbine. The turbine needed to get repaired, but they're mm. under economic sanctions, so they couldn't get the repairs for it. Or right. had been, they've been you know waiting for repairs for some time due to economic sanctions. So- um, you know, right, Europe's already having to get its gas from somewhere else. Fortunately, the US was ready and waiting. Um, gee, a one, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I just happened to have a stockpile. Yeah, of oh, yeah. Here's one now, I prepared earlier. We might have to charge you more, but it's worth it. Now, I don't remember if you remember when this war started, Ray. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, going, when did this war start? Back in the beginning of the year, uh, February. I'm I'm trying to uh, scroll back in my show notes to see. uh, Back in time. (laughs) I was was planning on pulling out the recording of this from back earlier in the year, but... Mm -hmm. um, Ah, looking for my show notes. Uh, Here we go. February 104. Where's 103? I don't know where 103 is. I know back in the day when the war first started and we were talking about why, what was going on, Mm -hmm. my theory back uh, in the beginning was that the US was looking for an excuse. The US and their their European allies right. were looking for an excuse to sanction Russia mm-hmm. uh, and Russia's supply of energy to Europe so uh, the US could pick in, step in, uh, step in yeah. and, and pick up all that energy business. Um, So that was my theory back at the beginning of this thing, that it was all about energy, supplying energy to Ukraine and to Europe. Right. And uh, this seems to fit into that 
theory, um, mm-hmm. you know, further destruction to Russia's ability to uh, in anywhere in the near future provide gas to Europe. Now, yeah. uh, in the theories about why Russia may have done it, the it, it, the phrase that keeps coming up is signaling value. Right. It's signaling. Could you define uh, that? Well, it's yeah, yeah, it gets back to what I said before. Um, look, we can do this. We can blow up shit underwater. Right. Um, again, that's the theory. There seems to be lots of other things they could have blown up in their own fucking multi-billion dollar infrastructure, but that's, yeah. the, that's the theory. Right. Well, there was this one a- analyst who said uh, the explosions took place near – uh, yeah, in the Baltic Sea near uh, Denmark, Sweden, whatever. But they were careful not to do it within the sphere that is NATO. And so, again, that doesn't make any sense. We could blow you up. We won't, but we'll show you by blowing up our own because we don't want to bring other NATO's countries into this war. Again, it just it doesn't all fit together. It's, it's still a leap of faith to think that Russia did it themselves. Again, they could have. Who, who in the heck knows what's going on in Putin's head anymore? But it still doesn't fit for me, if that it's makes a, sense. Yeah, it's a, it's a very weird um, theory. Yeah. They're but the ones back, who got hurt. Go back ahead. in Go 2021, ahead. Putin right. told a, a group of military leaders in a speech, if our Western colleagues continue the obviously aggressive stance, we will take appropriate retaliatory military technical measures and react harshly to unfriendly steps. I want to emphasize that we have every right to do so. So yeah. some analysts are suggesting that that's a hint that he was prepared to blow up his, you know, break his own leg. No, um, no. that's a hint that he's willing to kick someone else's ass, yeah. not his own. Again, it doesn't fit. I'm sorry, please continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that he was willing to invade Ukraine. Um, yeah. I, I don't know how you draw a line between that and <laughs> blowing up his own infrastructure. It's not a straight um, line. It's, not it's a straight like, line. It reminds me of that scene from uh, Blazing Saddles where uh, the, the black sheriff grabs a gun and holds it in his own head and goes, yeah. Yeah. I'll everybody kill back or I'll, I'll kill the nigga. And he goes, oh, you crazy. He'd do it. He crazy. And he gets himself out of the, the, all the white redneck cowboys who are trying to string him up. He's, They're like, oh, no, he might he might die. We better, we better skedaddle. No, no, no. He's he's threatening you with you were going to do and now you're not again makes no sense. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, again, this the 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 theory say well maybe the Nord Stream attack was a hint that yeah. all the other major pipelines delivering Norwegian gas to the UK and continental Europe could be blown up by Russia. Right. Really? Yeah, um, uh, again, I mean, by blowing up her own. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see it, but I, it's so flimsy. It's really, it's a really tough yeah. argument. Now, the argument that does make more sense uh-huh. is that Gazprom might be able to make an insurance claim okay. um, against it um, because uh, they weren't making any money out of it anyway. It had been turned Just off. Just sitting there. They weren't yeah. going to make any money for the foreseeable future out of it. Right. So while well, sanctions are in place, which could go on forever, yes. Um, even uh, even if the war ends, there could still be sanctions against Russia oh, they, for they forever. Yeah. 
So maybe they were like, listen, we're not going to make any money out of this for at least five years. Let's let's blow it up, make an insurance claim. Yeah. And at least we get some money out of it. It's it's um, you know, an Irish uh stock take, as we say. Wouldn't they have to have the permission of Putin to do that? Because I, like you said, this it, it, to blow this thing up is is not anybody not anybody can do it. Uh, but Putin runs Russia. I can't imagine this wasn't put. Excuse me, sir, if you don't mind, we have this plan. We'll give you twenty percent. I have no idea, but I can't imagine something this big happening without Putin's knowledge and consent. What yeah. do you think? Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I, I always uh, reject the idea that Putin runs Russia. I don't think Putin's a uh, king. I think Putin's part right. of a cabal that sure. runs Russia. I've said that before. Yeah. Um, you know, he's powerful, don't get me wrong, but I don't think he's a dictator. Not powerful. I, I th- powerful. Yeah. yeah, I think he's part of a cabal of- Maybe they're turning against him. Oligarchs that uh, came out of the Yeltsin years and mm. um, yeah. run it. And, you know, some guys have left and some guys have been assassinated. And the West makes a lot sure. of news out of every time a Russian billionaire oligarch uh, yeah. gives up their Russian citizenship and criticizes the invasion. But usually right. that's because those guys, A, don't do any business in Russia anymore anyway. They're doing business in the West. All of their yeah, assets have been yeah. frozen by the West. Exactly. And they're giving up their citizenship and criticizing Putin in order to get their assets back from this. So the West are blackmailing them into, right. you know, yeah. criticizing Putin, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. That doesn't necessarily mean that they, they don't. That they that, that they agree with Putin and they agree or they like the invasion, but there's obviously the, the yeah the rest of that, that story which doesn't get covered in the Western media coverage mm-hmm. is that these guys have got a gun to their head and uh, not right. their own head um, that yeah, their the, the yachts, their assets, their bank yes. accounts have been frozen and yeah, and they have to uh, they have to do something. Yeah. Um, now, the other theory that I've read is that the attack means that Gazprom no longer needs to invent excuses not to supply Europe with gas via Nord Stream 1. That's where and- I was. That's where I came down on. It's like, look, we're not going to do it anyways because we're not going to reward Europe who is either siding with uh, Ukraine or not siding with us. So since we're not going to sell them gas, let's blow up our own pipeline and we can now claim victimhood and we can blame anybody we want because again there's no proof that's the best that i could come up with as far as far as russia actually having a hand in it and again pretty damn weak if it's going to take billions of dollars and years to repair because at some point you're going to think they're, they're going to want to start selling natural gas because it's a billion dollar industry but that's as close as i could come to justifying russia doing it themselves what about you yeah well the whole excuse the whole theory that gazprom doesn't need to make excuses for not delivering gas to europe anymore it sounds yeah. weak as shit to it's me a, it's another flaw I mean, yeah. the whole turbine not being fixed thing, you know, maybe mm-hmm. a real story, may not be a real excuse. Um, now they're able to claim force majeure. But, right. um, and, and the theory is that um, they'll be able to avoid compensation claims uh, because they're uh, like, hey, listen, well, it's not our fault. It got blown up, right? Sabotage. Yeah. 
But again, these stories don't hold. I mean, with the amount of sanctions against Russia um, mm. and all the stuff that's going on, compensation claims, like in what court is this going to be upheld? Yeah. Are you going to take him to the world court? Um, exactly. I don't know. It all just seems very, very flimsy uh, here. Trying to pin it on Russia and, and like the effort that the West are going to come up with reasons to blame Russia for this, it seems very, 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 very flimsy. Yeah. Um, so um, – the uh, this is what else have I got here? Um, in terms of excuse, reasons to blame Russia, that's it. Signaling, um, yeah. avoiding compensation claims. Uh, that's basically it. And on oh, an insurance claim, being able to make an insurance claim. Right. Um, the case against the US, on the mm-hmm. other hand, mm-hmm. or the US and its allies, yes, maybe Ukraine, maybe Europe, etc., Baltic states. Um, is a little bit stronger. Now, Putin himself has said it is clear to everyone who benefits from this. Of course, he who benefits did it. He mm-hmm. who smelt it dealt it. That's Putin's uh, <laughs> my life. theory. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, Dmitry Peskov, who's a Kremlin spokesman, said that accusing Russia was predictably stupid and absurd. He said American natural gas supplies were reaping huge profits from increased sales to Europe suggesting that the United States to blame. Of course, Adrienne Watson, the White House's National Security Council spokesman, said, of course we're not. We all know Russia has a long history of spreading disinformation and is doing it again here. Of course, America has never in its entire history ever spread any disinformation Mm -hmm. about anything. Right. Saddam, WMD, Nope, uh, nope. None of that. Yeah. Nope. We Nothing. might one day, but we haven't mm. yet. The sinking so. of the Lusitania. <laughs> the, uh, the attack on the, uh, what was the one in Vietnam that Johnson used? Uh, oh. The attack on the. Nope, gone. What was, what was the ship? <laughs> Fuck. Anyway, yes. Just real quick, this is how it's supposed to go. When in doubt, and this is a motto that I have, you should put it on a coffee mug, learn from Hitler. Here's what you do. Years after it happened, Hermann Goering admitted to starting the Reichstag fire. You burn down the Reichstag. You declare emergency Did powers. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you then use your emergency powers to put everybody you don't like in jail and change other rules and you get to do away with um, the, the freedom, civil rights, that kind of thing. That's how you do it. You don't blow up your own billion-dollar pipe and then go – yeah, this is bad. Uh, and then it doesn't make sense. It, it, the Russia, if Russia's benefiting from this, I am missing it. Well, the difference between like burning down the Reichstag uh, and using it to declare martial law, et cetera, mm-hmm. right. uh, makes sense, right? You, yeah. you can, you, yeah. That makes sense. The, the, you can see how the Nazi party Direct. benefited oh. Directly yes. out of that. Yes. This, it's it's a lot harder to figure out how Russia benefits. Oh, I, absolutely, I can see that. The but US still, and their allies, yeah. on the other hand, very, very easy to see how they benefit out of this. Uh, admittedly, not in the short term because these things were already shut down. There are already yes. sanctions. They're already, uh, you know, uh, making huge <laughs> profits, as we'll see in a minute, from supplying energy to um the right. to Europe and Ukraine, etc. But 
You know, uh, certainly the the US and their allies, um, particularly the energy companies, uh, benefit from this a lot, yes. a lot more than Russia seems to. It's a lot easier to make the case for how the US and their allies benefit from this. It, it makes more sense. If I, if I could, real quick, let's let's put the war aside for a second. Uh, whatever happens, happens. However, many years it goes on. Well, let's put that aside for a second. The pipelines. If you're an American company and you deal in natural gas. You could say, you know, boss, there's currently nothing, you know, not very much running through the pipes. If we ever wanted to destroy it, now would be a good time as far as an environmental disaster. I'm not saying we should. I'm simply saying if we were ever going to do it, now is a better time than any. And since it's going to take years and it's going to take billions of dollars to fix it up, our companies can benefit not just for one year, but for several years. I mean, again, that that's kind of way out there thinking. But if you wanted to blow something up and not really ruin the Baltic Sea, maybe now's the time to do it because there's not billions or whatever ga- or whatever cubic meters running through these pipes at this particular moment. Yeah. Just an idea. Now, the U.S. has wanted to shut down Nord Stream for quite some time. This goes back well before the invasion of Ukraine. Right. Back in 2018, when Trump was uh, in the White House, despite mm-hmm. the fact that um, a lot of people in your country seem to believe that he was Putin's bitch, right. he was trying to shut down Nord Stream 2 um, huh. back then. Right. He was having a fight with um, Angela Merkel, uh, mm-hmm. who at the time was the Chancellor of Germany, and he slapped sanctions on German car exports to America and also demanded oh, yeah. that Berlin shut down Nord Stream 2 pipeline yeah. uh, so American energy companies could supply more gas to uh, Europe. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this battle, and, and we've talked about this before, and again, well before the Ukraine invasion, back when right. we were talking about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden's uh, role in the uh, 2004 and 2014 US coups in Ukraine, mm-hmm. uh, we were talking about, you know, what US interests were in Ukraine and Europe in general. We were talking about trying to take over the the uh, gas a uh, large chunk of the gas and energy supply contracts to the the part of the world right. now um who's the who's the fucking senator from Texas Ted uh, was it Ted, Ted Cruz? Cruz I think yeah. Ted Cruz uh towards the latter years of the Trump administration Ted Cruz was going to Ukraine representing US energy interests trying mm. to uh, uh, get them to use US energy uh, companies instead of Russian energy companies right. you know this has been going on back uh, you know back from the bush days 2004 um, right through the obama years the trump years into yeah. the uh, biden years there's Billions been this of dollars yeah, yeah, there's been increasing efforts by the U.S. to try and get a big chunk of the energy business from you know Ukraine and and Europe. Right, and if you can hurt Russia to boot while you're doing that, all to the good. Yeah. Now, on February seventh, two thousand and twenty-two. Mm-hmm. 
Biden invited the current German Chancellor, Schultz, Olaf Schultz, to Washington. They did a joint press conference afterwards, and uh, let me play a clip for you here of what Biden said during that press conference. Mm. He was being asked a question by a German uh, journalist. There's a bit of translation stuff going on. Sure. Let me answer the first question first. If Germany, if uh, if Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the uh, the, the border of Ukraine again, then uh, there will be uh, we there will be no longer a Nord Stream two. We we will bring an end to it. What what how will you how will you do that exactly? Since the project. And control of the project is within Germany's control. We will, uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it. Thank you very much for your question. I want to be absolutely clear. We have intensively. That's all he said with a smug look on his face. Yeah, we'll handle it. Don't you worry about it. It will, it will go the way of the fishes. Even though it's already in the water, you know what I'm saying. Now, of course, um, U.S. sources, since the the explosions happened, have said, well, he didn't mean blowing it up. He just meant stopping it, and he did stop it. The day before the invasion, Germany put a stop to it. Um, Mm -hmm. So he just meant he would use, you know, political and economic measures to stop it. He didn't mean blowing it up. James Bond shit. if, If that's what he meant, why didn't he say that? Why was he so vague and yeah. circumspect with a little little smirk on his face? Right. It reminded me yeah, of when, sorry, when he was um, back in the uh, Obama days when he was mm-hmm. vice president and he was bragging about the fact that he got the US <laughs> prosecutor fired who was looking yes. into the uh, company that uh, Hunter Biden was involved in. And he, he had this uh, grin on his face about, hey, I got him fired. Uh, it was yeah. the same sort of uh, jokey arrogance that he had then. It's like, trust me, we'll we'll do it. Yeah. Now, and now, if, yeah. you, if he didn't say, we'll just, uh, you know, we've, we've got an agreement with my counterpart here, the Chancellor of yeah. Germany, that if Russia yeah. invades, they will with you know pull economic and, and political support for it. Could have right. said that. Very fucking yeah. simple thing to say. He just yes. no, trust me, we we will bring it into it. We we have the resources to bring it into it. He was like, feeling the vibes of the room and he decided to go with mysterious. He, it was his call to make. Now, the New York Times on the 25th of October had a story that said Denmark, Germany and Sweden are all investigating the ruptured pipeline sites, but they right. remain tight-lipped over who might have caused the damage and why. Mm. Now, my That's first reaction okay. when I read that was if they believed Russia was involved, would they remain right. tight-lipped? Do you want to kick the beast? Do you want to kick the Russian bear? I don't know. I mean, you would think you would think no, they would put it out there. Aha, we have absolute proof that Russia did it. Then what happens cuz now Russia's got nothing to lose. It's it's a it's a, just a nasty game no matter which way you go. What would you do? Would you release it because you're all you're, you're and I respect this about you. You're you're like put the truth out there, damn the consequences. Look, they're already uh, in a proxy involved in a proxy war with Russia anyway. I right. mean, they've already shut down Nord 2 pipeline. Germany had, right? 
I mean, I, I think if they thought the evidence pointed towards Russia, they would probably say that. Look, we, we're not um, 100% sure yet, but at this stage, all looking, of the evidence seems to point towards yeah. Russia. They, they would have no qualms about throwing Russia under the bus with this if they thought right. they could pull that off. The fact that they're not saying who <laughs> did it suggests yeah, to me like, that they ooh, they mm. think yes. Does, they're does like, that ooh. say made in the USA right there? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's not good. That's not good. I mean, okay, uh, maybe I'm wrong here, but it, it, it the fact that they're being so tight-lipped about it yeah. suggests to me that uh, the evidence might be pointing in a direction that they don't want it to be pointing at. Right. The, the New York Times continues. In a letter to the UN Security Council from September 29th, three days after the incidents, mm-hmm. Denmark and Sweden said they believe that several hundred kilograms of explosive have been used to damage the pipes, each of which measures more than three and a half feet in diameter and is made from steel encased in weighted concrete. Russian mm-hmm. officials have complained that they've been blocked from investigating the explosion sites. The Kremlin spokesman, Dmitry Peskov, accused the Europeans of conducting the investigation secretively without Moscow's involvement. According to statements we're hearing from Germany, from France, and from Denmark, this investigation was set up inherently to put the blame on Russia, Reuters quoted Mr. Peskov as saying. But here's the key statement at the very end of the New York Times article. You've got to read all the way down to the bottom (laughs) to get to this. To get to this. Investments are now focused instead on securing and connecting floating terminals for shipments of liquefied natural gas from the United States and elsewhere. Well, yeah, these poor people are suffering. They need heat or they'll die. Again, I think the word hero is what you're looking for. America is a goddamn hero. You're welcome. And we're making tons of cash. So... Take from that what you will, dear listener. Um, we'll we'll, we'll keep an eye on this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, no, we don't know. I'm not saying yeah. the US did it, but I'm saying that there's a bunch of hints here that seems to suggest that it wasn't well, Russia yeah. who uh, did it, and the people investigating it don't really want to say who did it. Uh, but we'll, we'll see how we'll see we'll see what happens and how it evolves. Uh, speaking of Ukraine, the second story that's piqued my interest in recent times, mm-hmm. and here's, this is a story that the New York Times and none of the mainstream media have covered, as far as I can tell. I did a fairly extensive search, and I couldn't right. find any mainstream media. A lot of lefty uh, 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 sources covering it, but uh. not um, the mainstream media at all, as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. According to... Ukraine's Pravda, their version of Pravda, which is an anti-Russian news site in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. That's important. Back in May, they reported that Boris Johnson made a um, secret, well, it wasn't secret afterwards, but uh, before it happened, it was a secret, unannounced surprise visit to (laughs) Zelensky. Surprise! Sorry, yes. In April. Right. After the invasion had happened to stop a peace deal that Zelensky was uh, about to sign with Russia. Yeah. Um, they Russia and Ukraine back early on in the invasion, you may recall, they were they were trying to negotiate a peace settlement. It was all going to be over fairly quickly. Russia mm-hmm. had moved over the border. Zelensky um, was trying to, you know, sign a peace deal at the time. 
Uh, uh, it would have involved apparently uh, acknowledging the independence of the, the Donbass region, allowing them to have elections, et cetera, et cetera, pulling Ukrainian right. and Russian troops out of Donbass. And uh, Zelensky agreeing yeah. that Ukraine right. wouldn't join NATO in a hard sense or even a soft sense, so not right. allowing NATO bases, not allowing NATO troops, et cetera, et cetera, not doing some sort of uh, uh, what we would call here a Clayton's NATO agreement. Clayton's is a, a drink in Australia. It's been around for decades now that mm-hmm. supposed to be like a non-alcoholic alcoholic drink before you had actual non-alcoholic alcoholic drinks. Oh, now, gotcha. now our, our stores, our department stores are full of non-alcoholic gin, non-alcoholic, yeah. you know, uh, rums and non-alcoholic other kinds of spirits. It's 30 same. years ago, there was a thing called Clayton's. It was like a dark, sweet kind of thing that mm. you'd mix with your tonic water and make you feel like you were... Having an alcoholic something. drink, but you weren't. Yeah, exactly. And like an adult cordial, really. And and right. so it's it was it was uh, I can't remember the tagline for it, but it was like um, anyway something that's Clayton's or something that looks like it but isn't really. And, and NATO gotcha. was going to sign a Clayton's NATO deal. They were going to be they were, you know the US were trying to get them into NATO, but in the interim. Before right. the rest of NATO agreed to it, they were trying to. The US were trying to make Ukraine a, a, a NATO state and everything, but the badge. You know, you're gonna have all <laughs> yeah. the NATO stuff, you know, but you just don't get the badge to say that you remember. Exactly. So that was the, the the basic terms of the peace deal. This is after they'd already failed to sign the Minsk agreements, Minsk One and Minsk Minsk Two that we talked about previously, mm-hmm. um, which was around coming up with some sort of settlement for the Donbass region. The US scuppered both of those and. So after the invasion, Putin was trying to get Zelensky to sign this new deal. Boris Johnson uh, turns up, says, don't fucking do it, and he didn't. Um, Right. And this is Pravda that first reported on this, didn't get any coverage in the the mainstream West. um, Right. But there was a lot of coverage of Johnson after the fact. But three days, three days after Johnson's visit, uh, Putin said that the deal had turned into a dead end. Right. Uh, Foreign Affairs in September, October 2022 edition mm-hmm. wrote, according to multiple, and this again, long article, this is buried very deep in the bottom of the article. According right. to multiple former senior U.S. officials we spoke with in April 2022, Russian and Ukrainian negotiators appeared to have tentatively agreed on the outlines of a negotiated interim settlement. Russia would withdraw to its position on February 23rd when it controlled part of the Donbass region and all of Crimea, and in exchange, Ukraine would promise not to seek NATO membership and instead receive security guarantees from another from a number of countries. Right. We have some backup, but we're not going to join NATO. You're not threatened, Russia. Let's go back to our starting points, hmm. cease fire, and try to figure this stuff out. Yeah. Good, good so, deal. So all of the destruction, loss of life that's happened since April right. would have been avoided if this, in theory, if this peace right. deal had been struck and, and both sides had kept to it. Yeah. Here's a clip from uh, Boris Johnson um, a little bit after his trip to Ukraine, a couple of months later. This is June 25th. He was uh, in Kilgali uh, talking to some local journalists. 
Here's what he had to say at the time. I know that the cost of food has, has gone up, the cost of fuel. Everybody is looking at this. I mean, too many countries are looking at this thing now and saying, this is a European war that is unnecessary. It's an economic problem uh, that we don't need. And so the pressure will grow to try to encourage, coerce maybe uh, the Ukrainians to uh, a bad peace. The risk is that people will fail to see that it is vital to stand up against aggression. If Putin, and this is the point I, I will make to countries here today, because they all, you know, they, they know it really, mm. and they agree with it really. Uh, if Putin gets away with uh, aggression in Ukraine, mm. if he gets away with the naked conquest of other people's territory, then the read across mm. for every single country here is absolutely dramatic. And the, the collapse of the international system, the failure to stand up uh, for international borders, they get that. So, um, and everyone knows what a, what, a, what a brilliant thinker and leader Boris Johnson oh, yeah. was. Yeah. Um, yes. That's why his own party uh, threw him out <laughs> of leadership of his country. Uh, he was too good. A month too later. much of a thinker. Too yeah. thinky. Yeah, yeah, too smart. <laughs> Um, I love the fact that uh, you've got a leader of Britain talking about the evils of conquest. Um, yeah, yeah. A country Hello. that 100 years ago controlled, what, two-thirds of the world's uh, yeah. economy. And I B, right. um, how <laughs> when, he, when he met with – so Zelensky was ready to sign the deal. Boris went over yeah. for a day and then Zelensky pulled out of the deal. Uh, do you think there was any – any aggression on behalf of Boris Johnson that forced Zelensky's hand there? Like, what did he threaten Zelensky with? Oh my god! To, to get him to pull out of the deal, so there. much. But yeah, yeah. Because, um, well, first of all, um, Boris, a great English name. I think we we all know that. Um, is representing the West. He, you know, and and in, in, in that same article, he's supposedly he told Zelensky that Putin is a war criminal. He should be pressured, not negotiated with. And even if you, re, uh, Ukraine, are ready to sign an agreement, we, the West, are not. Um, no, he, he could have said, look, if this war goes on, you're going to need us. Uh, it, it, it'd be very unfortunate for you if some of the shipments of weapons got hung up. Uh, no, I mean, they, Zelensky But there was going to be a peace deal. If they signed peace, they, there's no yeah. war. They don't need weapons. So well, it's not so much peace he- as a ceasefire and let's talk. Uh, it, it could have, you know, it could have flared up again. I don't know, but the point is, when the West comes calling, Zelensky really can't afford to ignore them. I, I hear what you're saying, but how many contracts, as far as money coming in and out, commerce, goods between the West and Ukraine, Zelensky so that, needs us. So those are threats. If you no, do that's this. That's, if that's, you that's if you sign this deal, we will right? withhold this, right? that, and the other. Heather? Which oh. getting getting back to getting back to uh, Biden again yes. when Biden was um, the Veep, and he was uh, later on uh, he was he was um, bragging about how he forced Ukraine to fire their chief prosecutor. Do you remember yeah. how they did that? Was it withholding? Withholding money. Money. Okay, yeah. I yeah. wasn't sure if it was something specific. Yeah, they need us. And so be a good boy. Do what daddy tells you. 
So when Biden, when Biden threatens, and and yeah. Obama was president, when when Obama yeah. threatens Ukraine with right. uh, something right. uh, in order to get them to do something, that's okay. That's diplomacy. Diplomacy. Yeah. 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 But yeah. but they have to uh, uh, reject Russian aggression, except right. Western aggression. Just reject Russian aggression. Well, I- I think the way you're trying, I think what you're trying to say is, Zelensky, you have to reject Russian aggression, or you will not be able to reject or withstand Western aggression. Do I make myself clear? <laughs> you have a choice. You have a choice. Yeah. You're this aggression choice. or that aggression. And ours hurts more. Who are you more scared of, Russia right. or us? Yeah, I think we all know who yeah. you're more scared of. Like the point here is, uh, all facetiousness aside, the point here is that. Yeah. Um, Ukraine were, and, and Russia were ready to sign some form of a peace agreement yes. um, back in April, and the West stopped it from happening. Now, Boris obviously was representing the collective yes. West here, um, so representing himself in the US, mm-hmm. himself and Biden technically, um, and they stopped peace. They stopped the peace deal. Now, the question is, oh, why right. would they want to stop a peace deal? Why would they want to stop Ukraine yeah. from signing a peace deal with Russia? How many how many goods do I need? Why this hopefully could turn into another Afghanistan? Two American troops aren't fighting. Three, uh, the American energy companies are making serious bang. They're making serious bucks. So so again, uh, yes, the people in the Ukraine and the people in uh, Western Russia are suffering. But America's doing just fine and really isn't that what it's all about. Mm. Like uh, every war ends up ending through some form of diplomacy, usually mm-hmm. some sort of settlement, some sort of agreement, unless it's a complete war of attrition where you're just trying to wipe the other side out or get them to right. run out of money or run out of uh, domestic political support or there's mm-hmm. uh, some sort of regime change but or something like that. But there's normally negotiation before that extremeness. Usually. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, usually, yes. You don't want it to have to go on that long. I mean, there's mm. going to be a massive cost in terms of lives and destruction of infrastructure, economic destruction, exactly. all that kind of stuff. But the, U- the, the, the West, the US and the UK, um, deliberately – prevented Ukraine somehow. We don't know what they held over them, but they prevented them from signing a peace deal. Now, it might be just a coincidence, but in the last week I've read a ton of stories like this. ExxonMobil's record-breaking $20 billion profit nearly matches Apple's. A day after Shell announced global profits of $9.5 billion between July and September. The results came as another U.S. oil company, Chevron, reported a quarterly profit of $11.2 billion, its second highest ever, as it also stormed past analysts' estimates. Here's The Guardian. Right. Together, the two largest U.S. oil companies have earned more than $30 billion in three months. Oil companies have raked in record profits in recent months, Thanks to the surge in the price of oil and natural gas after Russia's invasion of Ukraine in late February, causing soaring energy bills for consumers and businesses. Western sanctions on Moscow have pushed global economies to look elsewhere for their energy, and US exports of gas and oil to Europe have jumped, setting oil companies on the path to record high earnings. 
The French oil group Total Energies reported third quarter profits of nearly $10 billion on Thursday, almost Mm. double the amount for the same period a year earlier. And here's my favourite bit. Joe Biden said in June, we're going to make sure everybody knows Exxon's profits. Exxon made more money than God this year. (laughs) Maybe... Take it in and just not gloat about it. Is that tech A? Is that Trey Gosh? Yeah. I would say yes. Should have used but, his but, inside voice for that one. But what you're leaving out, and you're you're a typical non-capitalist for this because of trickle down trickle down economics. All those billions, it's only a matter of time before it gets to me, honey. And then I am on easy street. That's not gonna happen. But record fucking profits. That's a the amount of time before it trickles down to hidden bank accounts in the Cayman <laughs> Islands and uh, Panama. Exactly. And exactly. Delaware, Joe Biden's state. Oh, cha-ching. Yes. Yeah, we benefit. We are definitely benefiting the fuck out of this war. I mean, look, uh, is it just That's me? A fact. Or, or That's just does a fact. It- As I said, right back at the beginning of the invasion, you know, I said, I think this is all about creating opportunities for US and European oil companies, gas companies Mm -hmm. to make more profits out of selling their supplies to Ukraine and and, uh, the the Europe. And coincidentally, that seems to have happened. Now, it might be a coincidence. I mean, so this one, you know, one version of the story is the war happened had nothing to do with the US. They didn't provoke Russia at all by saying right. they were going to push Ukraine into NATO. Um, they they ended the peace deal, the peace settlement negotiations, purely out of good nature because they thought it was the wrong thing to do. And coincidentally, right. European mm-hmm. and American and British energy companies have made massive profits uh, ever right. since. That's one version of the story. The other version yeah. of the story is that the the US deliberately or the, deliberately the US and their allies deliberately provoked Russia into mm-hmm. invading Ukraine by saying they were going to stack NATO bases uh, into around. Ukraine yeah. right on Russia's border. Exactly. Um, refusing to negotiate with Russia about this. Remember when late last year, early this year, when Putin was trying to negotiate with Biden about this, Biden told him Ukraine and NATO are off the table, not open for discussion. Fuck you. This is just how it's going to be. Then when he did invade and they tried to, they were trying to uh, come up with a peace settlement, the West Mm -hmm. intervened and scuppered it, prevented it from happening somehow. Yes. because this was all from day one about uh, you know creating op- a good justification and reasons to sanction Russian energy companies, so Western uh, competitors had uh, open opportunity to step into the gap, didn't have to compete using basic uh, right. you know rules of capitalism. It was just an open market for them to step in and pick up all of these tens of billions of dollars, hundreds of billions of dollars over the next couple of years um, yes. in profits. So, look. Both sound equally plausible to me. Call me cynical. But as students of history, <laughs> as we are, um, it gets simple you know, quick. these things uh, have been done before. We've seen it all before. All of this has happened before, and all of this will happen again, as they said on Battlestar exactly. Galactica. Yes. Speaking of Russia, my last story for today on Russia and Ukraine. Right. A couple of weeks ago, October 24th, um, 
30 Democrats of the Progressive Caucus. Now, Progressive Democrat is basically, um, you know, uh, in in any other country in the world as somebody who's uh, slightly right of centre. But a Progressive Democrat, 30 of them drafted a letter which went public, calling on Biden to pursue every diplomatic avenue to end the war while preserving a free and independent Ukraine. Absolutely. Pretty simple letter, fairly non-critical of Biden. I'm going to read the whole thing in full so people get their full perspective on this. Mm -hmm. Dated October 24, 2022. Dear Mr. President, we write with appreciation for your commitment to Ukraine's legitimate struggle against Russia's war of aggression. Your support for the self-defense of an independent, sovereign and democratic state has been supported by Congress, including through various appropriations of military, economic and humanitarian aid in furtherance of this cause. Your administration's policy was critical to enable the Ukrainian people through their courageous fighting and heroic sacrifices to deal a historic military defeat to Russia, forcing Russia to dramatically scale back the stated goals of the invasion. Mm. Crucially, you achieve this while also maintaining that it is imperative to avoid direct military conflict with Russia, which would lead to World War III, something we must strive to prevent. The risk of nuclear weapons being used has been estimated to be higher now than at any time since the height of the Cold War. Given the catastrophic possibilities of nuclear escalation and miscalculation, which only increase the longer this war continues, we agree with your goal of avoiding direct military conflict as an overriding national security priority. Given the destruction created by this war for Ukraine and the world, as well as the risk of catastrophic escalation, we also believe it is in the interest of Ukraine, the United States and the world to avoid a prolonged conflict. For this reason, we urge you to pair the military and economic support the United States has provided to Ukraine with a proactive diplomatic push redoubling efforts to seek a realistic framework for a ceasefire. This is consistent with your recognition that there's going to have to be a negotiated settlement here and your concern that Vladimir Putin doesn't have a way out right now and I'm trying to figure out what we do about that. We are under no illusions regarding the difficulties involved in engaging Russia, given its outrageous and illegal invasion of Ukraine and its decision to make additional illegal annexations of Ukrainian territory. However, if there is a way to end the war while preserving a free and independent Ukraine, it is America's responsibility to pursue every diplomatic avenue to support such a solution that is acceptable to the people of Ukraine. Such a framework would presumably include incentives to end hostilities, including some form of sanctions relief, and bring together the international community to establish security guarantees for a free and independent Ukraine that are acceptable for all parties, particularly Ukrainians. The alternative to diplomacy is protracted war, with both its attendant certainties and catastrophic and unknowable risks. Russia's invasion has caused incalculable harm for the people of Ukraine, leading to the deaths of countless thousands of civilians, Ukrainian soldiers and displacement of 13 million people, while Russia's recent seizure of cities in Ukraine's east have led to the most pivotal moment in the conflict and the consolidation of Russian control over roughly 20% of Ukraine's territory. The conflict threatens an additional tens of millions more worldwide as skyrocketing prices in wheat, fertilizer and fuel spark acute crises in global hunger and poverty. A war that is allowed to grind on for years, potentially escalating in intensity and geographic scope, threatens to displace, kill and immiserate far more Ukrainians while causing hunger, poverty and death around the world. 
The conflict has also contributed to elevated gas and food prices at home, fueling inflation and high oil prices for Americans in recent months. Economists believe that if the situation in Ukraine is stabilised, some of the speculative concerns driving higher fuel costs will subside and likely lead to a drop in world oil prices. We agree with the administration's perspective that it is not America's place to pressure Ukraine's government regarding sovereign decisions. Apparently, they didn't hear about Boris's trip. And with principle, you have enunciated that there should be nothing about Ukraine without Ukraine. (laughs) Who is he? Fucking Dr. Zeus. But as as legislators responsible for the expenditure of tens of billions of US taxpayer dollars in military assistance in the conflict, we believe such involvement in this war also creates a responsibility for the United States to seriously explore all possible avenues, including direct engagement with Russia, to reduce harm and support Ukraine in achieving a peaceful settlement. In May, President Zelensky, despite deadlocked negotiations, reiterated that the war will only definitively end through diplomacy and had previously explained that any mentally healthy person always chooses the diplomatic path because he or she knows, even if it is difficult, it can prevent the loss of thousands, tens of thousands, and maybe even millions of lives. Mm. And he's a fucking TV comedian, so, you know, even he gets that. He gets it. In conclusion, we urge you to make vigorous diplomatic efforts in support of a negotiated settlement and ceasefire, engage in direct talks with Russia, explore prospects for a new European security arrangement acceptable to all parties that will allow for a sovereign and independent Ukraine, and in coordination with our Ukrainian partners, seek a rapid end to the conflict and reiterate this goal as America's chief priority. Sincerely... And it's signed by Pramila Jayapal, Member of Congress, um, Corey Bush, uh, Ro Khanna, Ilan Omar, uh, Mark Pokan, uh, Rashida Tlaib, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, all -hmm. of the progressive Democrats have all signed this thing. Now, what did you think about that? What did you think about that letter, Ray? Uh, a little wordy, but no, yeah, it's like, okay, I get that you're with Ukraine and you're for all that whole freedom, liberty shit. I get that. But history shows us that a longer a war goes on, the more chances it's going to spread. No, do your thing, do your due diligence, but also why not have a dual track, a second track of peace, of talks, of negotiations, of an attempt to end this thing? Because everybody's going to suffer. Um, this is seems like a seems like a reasonable letter. Seems a reasonable, reasonable to me. Reasonable if, suggestion. Yes. A day later, they backpedaled, withdrew the letter, and blamed staffers for it, saying it was released by staff without vetting. I signed it. Of course, we all all 30 of us signed it, but it wasn't supposed to go out and some dipshit. Harold, fucking Harold, Harold uh, put it in the mail. I told him not to drop it in the box. He heard drop it in the box. I'm terribly sorry. To me- if you sign a letter, yeah, it's it time to go out. suggests that you vetted the letter. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't you just don't sign willy nilly. Not anymore. Sign a letter to yeah. the president <laughs> without reading. Without vetting the letter <laughs> first. Slowly, carefully read each word. Well, That's now to me, this is what this is. Oh yeah, I signed it. I, I hadn't read it. I signed the hell out of it. I'm a member of Congress. Yeah. I don't have time to read things that I sign. I mean, come no, on. No, no, no. I'm a busy yeah. person. 
I've got important uh, yes. things to do here. Ribbon cutting. Um, do you think I read every letter to the president before I sign it? No. no. I'm no. signing no. letters to the president all the time. I mean, I, I'm <laughs> signing legislation I don't even read. I mean, I'm thinking about getting on. a stamp for my signatures. Boop, boop, boop. Just line them up on the desk. I'm not even going to read it. Next. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't read shit. I'm a member of Congress. Fuck me. This is like the most stupid fucking thing. So why did they rescind it? Was it was it bad vibes? Was it Biden going, no, 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 we are 100% fuck Russia. We are backing Ukraine. Somebody else can talk about peace, but not us. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what it, it was. A It was a bad move. It was a bad move. Well, the suggestion seems to be that as a little bit um, close to the midterms, and the right. Republicans, so House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy recently said there would be no blank check for Ukraine if Republicans win control of the chamber, um, saying right. that, you know, Washington's already committed somewhere like $65, 70000000000 billion to Ukraine. How much of it's actually gone to Ukraine, we don't know. Sure. Um, how much of it's ended up in people's Pockets, uh, we don't know, but definitely a big chunk of it usually okay. does. Yes. Um, and the fact that it's so hard to figure out where this money goes always boggles my mind. Yeah. And, and, How do you and not? I talked about this in the psychopath epidemic with regard to Iraq, and we've talked about it on the show before as mm-hmm. well, but um, you recall that, you know, 10, 15 years into the Iraq war, there was an audit, Pentagon audit, mm-hmm. and they were trying to. They spent years uh, doing this yes. audit, trying to figure out where all of the trillions of dollars went to U- Ukraine. Uh, sorry, Iraq ah, and right. Afghanistan and that kind of stuff. And and literally, uh, uh, yeah. uh, not verbatim. But I don't have the quote in front of me, but the, the Bremner, I think it was, who was you know in charge of budget handling during right. the, the early part of the war, in front of a Senate committee that was doing the audit, whatever he said. Uh, they go, where did the money go? He goes, we don't know. I, I don't they go, did you, did you get receipts? Fuck no, we didn't get receipts. It's the desert. busy. We're in a war. We don't yeah, have time to yeah. get receipts for people. Yeah. We just gave the money to people. People come up and said they need money. We gave them money. I mean, right. do we know where the money? No, we don't know where the money went. Literally yeah. billions and billions and billions of American taxpayer dollars just disappear. No one knows and will ever know where it exactly. went. Exactly. Which gone. bank account in Delaware or fucking, you know, Panama yes. it ended yeah. up in. Um, yeah. This is this goes on every time there's a war. It's basically war profiteering. Anyway, oh, yeah. that's somebody said to me on Facebook the other day, America could have escalated this thing in Ukraine a long time ago and we didn't. I think that shows, uh, you know, that we're, we're trying not to escalate. Hold on, you sent them $70 billion <laughs> in military funding. If that's not escalation, what the fuck is it? I think yeah. that's escalate. And you stopped a peace deal from happening in April. Like, right. America's done nothing but escalate this fucking and war been, since the get-go and, and started, provoked it, and then has escalated it. Yeah. Um, so when people say shit like that, don't say shit like that to me and expect me to respect you in the morning, no. people. Like, use your fucking brain, seriously, <laughs> you yes. fucking idiots. Oh um, anyway, so I think the problem here is that the Democrats were worried that, oh, shit, now we sound like Republicans saying right. uh, we should negotiate a peace deal. Good and like point. the fact that it's Republicans and Trump, Trump saying that. we should make that. peace, we should make a yeah. deal. Like the fact that it's the crazy, the batshit crazy Republicans and Trump 
that is making more sense than the progressive caucus of the Democrats backtracking on a lukewarm request that maybe we should, you know, try this diplomacy thing. Just yeah. like your country is so fucked, man. I tell you, I'm like my country's fucked too. I'm not. We're we're yeah. supporting you guys well, in this whole thing, so I'm not saying that we're any better. But it's yeah. so fucked. This whole situation well, blows my mind. Don't try to compete with us, son. Uh, we're on a fast You're track the to hell. On this, yeah, so, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. Step aside, um, your daddy. Yeah, the. Um, yeah, the the five thirty eight, uh, the the polling um, guys uh, mm-hmm. uh, suggesting at this stage that it looks like the Republicans will definitely win the House and might win the Senate. It's sort of a tie for the Senate, but they're a little bit ahead. Right. The only good thing that will probably come out of that is maybe uh, pulling back on this thing in Ukraine. But I find that hard to believe that that would happen too because, the look, if my theory is correct and the reason there is a war in the first place is because the US and its allies were trying to provoke Russia so they could, um, you know, uh, justify sanctions and use it to- to, weapons, For opportunism. Yeah, all of that. Uh, $70 billion that's going into people's pockets. It's war profiteering on that side of it. On the other side of it, all of the energy companies are making tens of billions of dollars of extra profits. They donate politically. So, yeah. If that theory is correct, then the Republican uh, leadership stand to benefit as much out of that as the Democratic leadership do. They all have- in their districts, they all have businesses, and we've talked about this endlessly on this show and the Cold War show, right. but for people that haven't heard those, the basic way it works is you have um, tens and tens of thousands of businesses in America mm-hmm. that profit from war. They do that, and it's not just people making guns, as, right. as you might think, and bombs and planes and that kind of stuff. It's everything from software to pencils to condoms to socks because well, <clears throat> America has- yeah, war adjacent. <laughs> because, you know, when the Pentagon's budget um, uh, goes to pay for all of these things for the 800 military bases that the US mm-hmm. has constantly running around the world, right. and the, every senator, every congressman and woman's districts have businesses that make tons of money. A good chunk of their annual budget comes from Pentagon basically handouts, right? Pentagon oh, contracts. Yes. Oh, yes. And there's very little vetting with Pentagon contracts usually because they're usually in a hurry to get rid of them. They've got to get rid of the money quickly because, fuck, we're in a war. Oh, my God, Ukraine needs the money. Uh, We're not actually going to give Ukraine the money. It's a bit like the Marshall Plan. You don't actually get cash. Some cases, you know, cash did get shipped to Iraq on pallets and then disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. But usually it's a line of credit. Okay. Yeah. Well, you can, you could, like, we got this company here that sells condoms. If you need condoms, just uh, send them an email. They'll ship the condoms to you. We'll make the money happen on this side of things. Don't worry yeah, about don't it. Worry about you that. you we'll get a line of credit. Pay. You don't yeah. get cash in your bank account. You get you, a line of credit to, yes. to spend an American country. So the American taxpayers give the government their money. Government then makes a line of credit available to Ukraine. Right. Ukraine says we want it, and, and then they just give that money to the American businesses in their district. So if right. you're a senator or a congressman or woman, congressperson, um, congress it, um, yeah. uh, like whatever your personal pronouns may be, you, yeah. you, you know, you have, you have your, you know, the, the top business people in your 
district coming to you and saying, motherfucker, I want that money. (laughs) If you want me to fund your campaign, I want that money. So you've got to make that happen, right? I'm just... I'm just picturing a Republican up on the, the the giving a speech in Congress. If I'm, you know, now that I'm here, I'm going to draft a bill. No more money for Ukraine. Your phone rings. Hello. I better what? Okay. Uh, April Fools. I was just joking. We are going to, of course, keep sending lots of money. Our credit <laughs> for Ukraine. Uh, go Ukraine. Go war. War good. I mean, yeah, yeah you're right. It, it feeds the Democrats. It feeds the Republicans. Which They're both the same. Probably the phone calls that these. Uh progressive members uh, of the Democrats got as soon as that letter went out too. I signed it and then, uh, yeah, got a phone call. And look, uh, this isn't my theory about how that works in the US. It's This has been backed up by lots of independent studies. They're all referenced in my book, The Psychopath Epidemic. Go and buy that or download it for free or whatever. Don't do that. Fake site. I don't make any money out of it anyway. (laughs) Publisher keeps all the money, cunts. Definitely get it for free. So we'll see what happens in the midterms. But yeah, I, I can't imagine the Republicans pulling back much. They might pay some lip service to it, but we'll see what happens. But they can't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my my last story for today. A recent study suggests that individuals with psychopathic personality traits are less likely to be affected by the phenomenon known as contagious yawning than those who have a normal capacity for empathy. Unsurprisingly, Aww. yawning is associated with bonding and empathy. Catching a yawn is not unique to yawns and occurs among many social mammals such as chimpanzees and dogs. So if you think your boss or spouse or sibling or parent – Maybe uh, just go. <gasps> oh, I just do it then to test Ray. See, what's Ray's, Ray's, Ray's not a psychopath. No. No, he's a many things, Ray. I'm many things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not. Pedophile, <laughs> uh, incest, uh, animal lover, are but. Different forms of empathy. Yeah, if you have yeah, too much empathy, I, if anything. I really love animals. I goats, really love yeah, animals. Yeah. <laughs> love me you, some goats. Anyway, let's yeah. get on. Ray has lots of psychological and emotional issues, but psychopathy <laughs> is not one of them. You know what? Thank you for defending me. I appreciate that. Now, you wanted to talk about uh, last story for today. You wanted to talk about oh, yeah. uh, violence. Just- yeah, so I love violence. I'm a, I'm a big violence fan, me. So if you listen to the show, there's a good chance that you listen to the Life of Caesar show. And why wouldn't you? It's it's fucking brilliant. No one drills as harder or deeper that they came out wrong than we do. Okay. But anyways, if you listen to the Life of Caesar show or if you've studied Roman history in general, you probably have a good idea of the little tiny thousand pinpricks that weakened Rome over time. It changed it. It made it weaker. And then it was able to collapse, implode, be invaded, all that good stuff. Well, my con- Tension now is, and, and and this happens all the time. You know, empires come and go. If you study history, I really do think it's America's turn. And I know, Cam, you've been making the statement for years. Um, and and it took me, I, you know, the American in me went, "Fuck you! You don't know what you're talking about." Besides, you're Australian. Uh, but but looking at it now, it's like, yeah, we're definitely not going in the right direction. In fact, I I would challenge anybody to make an argument that America is doing great. We're going the right direction. Everything is fine. I, I don't think that's the case. And I, I remembered when we studied the Brothers Gracchi or the Brothers Gracchi, that was the point in Roman history when violence became acceptable in the political world. It wasn't just I vote, you vote, and whoever wins wins, and I hope I do better next time. Now it's getting to the point where violence, even death, 
is how you take out your enemies because it's a zero sum game. You cannot lose in politics anymore. That is unacceptable. That is intolerable. And I really do think that that's where America is at this point. And I'll just give you a couple of examples, plus another couple of pinpricks that's happening to America right now. You've all heard of Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul, being attacked with a crazy guy, a conspiracy guy with a hammer. He thought Nancy or he was hoping Nancy was there. Uh, that That's horrible. I mean, you know, that that's just completely insane. And that's not the only one. There was a gentleman, I think it was Pennsylvania. He's not even a politician. He is just running for office. He's like 70, 78 years old. He got attacked in his backyard. He got beat up pretty bad. And he had to go to the hospital just because he's a Democratic candidate in some pissant little um, contest. So, so you've got that going on. Now, Violence or threats to politicians, at least in the United States, is nothing new. Women, minorities get it all the time. They get death threats all the time. I I looked up uh, AOC, and she actually has round-the-clock security, which is not completely normal for just a, a House representative. And she also sleeps in different locations. Again, she doesn't want to be too set in her ways because – she gets death threats all the time. Uh, and I enjoyed this very much. Um, an employee of the New York Post was fired because he went into their internal software and he changed an editorial and he changed the sentence to this. He says this one sentence said something else and he changed it. We must assassinate AOC for America. Now, again, I'm sure he felt justified because politics is our new blood sport. It's a zero-sum game. It's all or nothing. You all know about January 6th, but I seriously doubt if a rational person could point to that and go, that was a good day for America. Uh, and another thing is, um, when it, the other thing comparing America to Rome, when it comes to finances, um, as you may or may not know, the United States has not been serious about doing anything about our debt or deficit for some time. Obviously, with COVID, that's a little different. Um, but the New York Times wrote a piece and it says, and this New York piece came out after the Congressional Budget Office said the following, that the cost of interest is on track to be $390 billion next year, which is almost up 50% from 2017. In other words, we will be paying more money for our on interest for our debt than, than there is money that is spent on our military. And as you said, we have hundreds of bases all over the world. We spend um, 700, this year we spent $767 billion uh, on our military. And by 25 or 2025 or 2026, we'll be spending more on interest just on our debt. So you add up that violence is now the norm in our political system. We're paying more for interest than we pay for our military. People in Washington keep finding uses for our military. I really wish they would quit doing that. Um, uh, again, because of government contracts that you were speaking to. Um, a lot of our institutions are getting to the point where they're going to just simply, simply break down. And finally, the disappearance of guilt and shame in the world in general, but certainly politics. You take all these things together, plus a whole lot of other things. How could you not think that America has and don't get me wrong, I'm American. I don't like this. I don't want this to be the case. But we have definitely peaked. We are on our way down. And whether it's civil war, whether it's implosion, whether it's whatever, the point is we are fast tearing the fabric that is holding our country together. And again, you can look at Rome and you're like, you can just point to so many similarities. I just wanted to point that out. And that's scary as shit, because when we go down, the entire world will feel it. Mm, we are feeling wanted, it. Yeah. Yeah. 
like the thing that gets me about this Paul Pelosi story, and I know um, as part of that narrative, Capitol Police uh, said that they've tracked roughly 9,600 threats against politicians in 2021, yeah. threats against people I- and, and uh, places that they protect. And it's like right. an increase of like 144% in threats Jesus. since yes. 2017 they've tracked. But and, – and there's, you know, a lot of stuff in the media since the Paul Pelosi attack saying, this is not America. We don't – we're not violent. Right, I'm bullshit. like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> America is a violent country and, and the yes. people responsible for allowing the violence to happen, the people who aren't doing anything about – gun laws, the people mm-hmm. who are, you know, allowing this, like the 35, 40,000 gun deaths that you have a year. We talked about in our series on gun control a few years ago. Right. Are the politicians. So for the politicians yeah. who don't do anything to stop the violence, then when they're the recipients of the violence, turn around and say, oh, we're not a country that uses violence, yeah, this is the us. greatest level of, of hypocrisy and, and bullshit. Yes, yes exactly. you're a violent country. Why should the politicians be the ones that are safe from violence when everyone else isn't? Yeah. It's just the level of hypocrisy on this is is ridiculous to me. America is a violent country internally, domestically. It's a violent country Internationally, you just yes. spent 20 years killing millions of people in Iraq and Afghanistan through your illegal invasion. You, you've you been invading countries uh, forever. Oh, Every five years, yeah. you've got a new country that you're going after. Economic right. sanctions are a form of violence. We've talked about that before. Cuba's been under economic sanctions by the United States since uh, 1959, 1960. You know, you, you've been using various forms of violence um, your entire history, going back to the treatment of the Native Americans and slavery, segregation, yeah. Ku Klux Klan, all the way through your invasions of Puerto Rico and uh, and the Philippines, Philippines. and uh, yeah. Hawaii, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <clears throat> You're yeah. a violent country, and it just makes me laugh when uh, you know a politician or a politician's spouse gets attacked, and and politicians go, "This is not who we are." I'm like, "Yeah." This is totally who you are. Actually, Taylor, uh, my son Taylor, he and Hunter, his brother, my other son, also my son, uh, said that in a weird way. My boys are um, in LA at the moment, just living a life of debauchery as far as I can tell. And uh, yes. they told me, they go, you know, you, if you turn up to a good nightclub in LA, you, they won't let you in unless you have girls with you. So there was three of them over there, Hunter and Taylor and their friend Adam, who's a TikToker with like 7 million um, followers guy. or something, right. and, a, and an eight-pack. And um, <laughs> That helps. They know. rocked up to a nightclub, a top nightclub in LA the other day with 20 women. With them in, they, in, got they, in. they pulled they got in. twenty women just by getting nice. on dating apps and Fox. Instagram and going, hey, anyone want to come out with us tonight? Twenty girls turned up with three guys. So Taylor said they got a booth. He had a, he knows a promoter of all these nightclubs. He he, he said I'm in right. I'm in the Uber texting my promoter guy. Go, can you get us a booth at this place? He goes, yeah, no worries. Just say when you get to the door, just tell security that you're uh, my Aussies. So he rocks right. up, he goes, yeah, we're, we're Noel's Aussies or Noah's Aussies or whatever. They let him in. They get a booth. He said, 
one of us sat at either end and one in the middle and all the girls just, just around. you know around them and then oh. they and then he's texting the mark, head of marketing at this place going hey uh, we need some drinks so they're just sending them <laughs> bottles of vodka and shit to his table my boys so it's like it's fucking incredible the life that they live i tell you Jesus. the funny yeah. thing about taylor is two mm-hmm. three four years ago he was so shy uh, if they ordered pizza, he couldn't open the door to uh, get the pizza. He yeah. had to send his brother to do it. Um, right. Now he's turning up to nightclubs with 20 women on his arm <laughs> and, you know, texting <laughs> promoters and doing deals. He's so, like, he's a player now. I don't know fucking what do happened. Do it while you can. Do it <clears> anyway. while you can. Yeah. I think he, j- he just says, do you know who my dad is? That's what gets him yeah. everywhere, I think. <laughs> Anyway, he, he gave me a good line. I was talking to him last night and he said, um, he said, I, I had to point out to somebody here the other day, the way the rest of America looks at Florida is how the rest right. of the world looks at America. It's embarrassing. But you are the, not wrong. You are they're the Florida wrong. of the world. Of the world. Yeah. <laughs> For fuck's sake. I, thought, that's a good, I said, that's a good line. I'm going to yeah. steal that. That's a good but- line. I, again, I would love to bring, if I could snap my fingers and bring Ronald Reagan back to life, have him go, hey, look around and go, what the fuck? You got the Republicans voting for the Russians? What the fuck's going on? You're, you're killing each other. I mean, he, he would not recognize what the Republicans have. have become. I'm not saying that the Ronald Reagan was uh, was a good guy or anything, but uh, things the, the, the Trump effect has been profound on the Republicans. I want to see a conversation between Reagan and Biden. Right. It'd be Ooh. like the, the senility conference of well, they 2022. To, they were buds in the 80s <laughs> because remember, <laughs> I know what you, you uh, What? What did you say? <laughs> Me? What? Who am I? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't Who know. are you? Even that you clip me? I played of Biden before, he starts off by going, if Germany, he's going to say if Germany invades Ukraine, if Germany- He says uh, Russia. Uh, 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 Russia. <laughs> if Russia invades Ukraine, uh, where am I? Who am I? <laughs> That's right. Where's my fuck, gun? Fuck me. Yeah, but they were buds. Yeah, it was Biden that yeah. in 1984 the uh, pushed through the crime, crime bill. The crime omnibus bill. Exactly. Yeah. And he, wish, he said, I wish I could have done more. Fuck yeah. you. Yeah. Anyway. Millions of men, black men, Life particularly ruined. in jail for yes. smoking or selling weed, which is now <sighs> legal in most parts of the US. For fuck's sake. Anyway. <clears throat> So it's going to that, be interesting to see what happens here and in Ukraine. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, that's fine. That is the bullshit filter for this month. Um, yeah, good luck. Probably we'll be back to talk at some point after the midterms. Yes. Look after yourself, buddy. You too. Bullshit. 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 Bullsh